Happy March, everyone. I cannot believe we are embarking on spring and warmer days and just sunny skies and beautiful flowers. I'm just so looking forward to that. Um, But what I wanted to come on here today and talk about was um, I had the privilege of speaking at an event at my church this past February a few weeks ago and it was a Galentine's breakfast for Valentine's Day and um, it was a message that God laid on my heart and I thought that you might too benefit from hearing this message. So the message is entitled Be Mine. Listen in. So when I knew I was going to be speaking here today, my initial thought was to do a small teaching on the Bible verse that was on the flyer for the event. Um, Not sure how many of you remember what the verse is, but it's love one another as I have loved you. And while we know what an important verse that is, and what a beautiful verse that is, I couldn't deny it when Jesus made it clear that he wanted me to talk about something else. So this is me being obedient to God and vulnerable with some of you. You see, about a year and a half ago, someone sent a letter to my husband's ex-wife home that was addressed to me. And when my stepdaughter handed it me in the kitchen while I was literally cleaning off raw chicken, I was completely thrown off. So I washed my hands and I opened it up. And I read some of the most horrific words that anyone would ever want to read about themselves. I was called every possible name you could think of. My character was attacked. My faith was attacked. My marriage was attacked. And even my children. They knew about my past, my husband's past, and even my sister got thrown in there. It was during a time when controversy about politics and the pandemic was at an all-time high and To be honest, I haven't been shy about my opinions and the person who wrote this letter clearly did not agree with them. They say sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But this hurt. I struggled, like really struggled. I had just had a baby and here all I could think about was this letter. I questioned every single word the letter said, wondering if maybe what this person said of me is true. I memorized it just from going over it in my mind so many times. I said to my husband, it is as if the devil himself wrote that letter to me, hitting every vulnerable insecurity spot that I have ever had. It paralyzed me in fear for so many days. Fear that had me question my faith. Fear that had me question who I was and just everything. I could not shake it. Yeah, I would pray and I'd go to God and for a few minutes I'd be okay, but then it would come back and haunt me again. The letter had no return address and no one signed it and it was typed. So I had no clue who could have written this to me. I just kept thinking, who would write this? I would see people come up on Facebook and I would start questioning, wait, could it be them? And then I'd find myself on a rabbit trail going through people's pages, trying to figure out like who thought these things of me and why did they hate me so much? So what does this story have to do with today? 
Why did God want me to share this with you? Let's get started and soon you'll understand. Be mine. We often hear those words around Valentine's Day, right? Or we see them on the little candy hearts and the balloons. And when you think of someone asking you, be mine, something about it gives us butterflies and it fills us up, doesn't it? Knowing someone wants us, all of us, it feels good because we know our flaws. We know we can look a mess in the morning and sometimes we're hard to deal with, especially on a bad day. We know our past and we know what we're capable of. We know at the heart of it, we're just sinners. And yet someone still looks at us and says, be mine. Now, let's be honest. We know that they don't necessarily know all of our flaws and they probably, well, they never will. I mean, we know deep down when they say be mine, they want the good parts of us. It's the same for us when we say it. You know, even those of us who have been married for some time now, we know that our husbands don't even know every sinful thought that comes to mind or every nasty comeback that we think of in the shower that we never actually say. There are dark and hidden places in each and every one of us, and we cannot deny it. We are all sin-stained. When you look around this room, you probably look at some of the women and unknowingly start comparing yourself. And unfortunately, we especially seem to do this at church. We think, she probably doesn't have a past like me. Or she probably never says or thinks one bad thing. Oh, she probably never raises her voice. Oh, and that one, she probably has the perfect marriage where they never argue and they have the romance of the story, The Notebook. I mean, while those thoughts seem admirable at first glance, the truth is, is that they're actually not thoughts at all. They are dirty and harmful lies from the devil. Sure, they come in all pretty, but they're actually so destructive. They are straight from Satan. The Bible says the devil disguises himself as an angel of light just like those lies he feeds us. But he's actually a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 For example, you may have left the house today feeling so good. You feel pretty, and then you got into this room with a bunch of other women, and then suddenly you shrunk back. Or maybe you argued with your husband last night, but you made things right before you went to bed and you left with a sweet kiss this morning. Only to walk in here and Satan whispers, you see that woman? Her and her husband never argue. And now you're right back to being mad at your husband again today. Guys, this, this is why we need Jesus. We are flawed women and we are so vulnerable to the lies of Satan. If we don't have Jesus, Satan can steal everything we find our joy in, even if we do everything other than go to God. You know that verse I said a minute ago, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy? Well, The good news is, is that Jesus doesn't leave us there. 
God's word doesn't leave us there. His word is so amazing in that way. That's one of my favorite things about the Bible. And even in my own life as a Christian are those but God moments. You know those, what I'm talking about, but God? For instance, in this verse, he doesn't leave us in the dark. He says, yeah, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God. He says, but I have come to give life so that you may have it and have it abundantly, but God. Do you have those moments in your own life? I mean, maybe they haven't happened as recent as you would like them, but can you see in your history when you look back those moments that you just thought were too dark that you'd never get out of, but God? This is why God wanted me to share my story with you today about my letter. You see, Satan was stealing time with my new baby and causing arguments in my home, all because I was allowing Satan to use this letter to put me to shame, and I forgot who I was. One morning, a few months after receiving the letter, still feeling sorry for myself time to time, walking around like I was all beat up and broken from it, I was sitting with my coffee and reading the next chapter in my Bible, and his words pierced my heart. I read this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and Jill, you are mine. You are mine. Those words were like salve to an open wound. They were the healing words that God knew I needed. He knew that those were the words that he needed to speak to my heart. And all I could do that day was just cry tears of gratitude for his reminder. But God, he didn't leave me there. He didn't leave me in my darkness. And he doesn't leave you in yours. You see, the truth about that letter is that it hit on my vulnerable places because there were some truths in there about who I once was. But the truth that God reminded me of that morning was that it didn't matter anymore because I'm not beholden to that person. I am his So we think about our vulnerability and our flaws and our hidden places. We think about our hurt and our pain. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us in the dark. Instead, he looks each of us straight in the eyes of our heart and says, do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He is the one who sees every deep, dark thought and feeling that we've ever had and says, I still love you. You're mine. Every day he calls out to us, not just on Valentine's Day, and says, be mine. He wants all of us, flaws and all. We don't have to worry about what someone else thinks anymore or says about us anymore when we know 
who we are because of whose we are. And I don't know about you, but I can't imagine accepting a better invitation than from one whose love is perfectly unconditional because that's the kind of be mine that really fills us up and changes us forever. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Growing in Goodness. Today, I want to leave you with these three reflections as you go about your day. Number one, when he calls you his and asks you to be mine, have you surrendered wholly to really being his? Number two, how can you truly be his daily and practically in your own life? And last, but certainly not least, number three, how can you daily show others that you are his. Once again, thank you for listening. I love hearing from you guys. Any feedback is much appreciated. And of course, sharing this podcast um, is everything to me. I love you all so much. And once again, thank you for listening to Growing in Goodness.